Well, I just found another yet extraordinary use for this methodology of having an internet talk show. You see, we just had a six-week online cohort class where we taught this methodology, and I thought, why not bring the students from this online cohort class on here to give you their lessons learned so that you get kind of like a Cliff Notes versions of what they learned and things that you can implement, create you know, some like testimonials for me of the things that they taught and what they liked and give them the opportunity to announce the shows that they are launching. Pretty cool, right? We're going to repurpose this for them as a gift. But the thing is, you get to have this like behind the scenes peek of, you know, this thing that we talk about all the time, how to do it, how other people are doing it, whether it's for you, is it interesting? You know, do you trust that I know what I'm talking about? And get some real takeaways for yourself on this show when you hear from, I think, like eight to 10 folks of like their biggest takeaway and what they're launching. So it's unique. And um, it's something that I couldn't do if I didn't have a live show, which is why I really encourage this idea of having a live show and using it as a relationship flywheel. So I hope you enjoy this thing. I'd love to hear from you if you like it. And more than anything, we're going to have another one in February. If you reach out to me before we start promoting this thing, you're going to get the past price. It's going to go up about a thousand bucks because we keep raising the price and we keep getting better people. So um, it's just, we're going to keep doing it until uh, until we get that equilibrium point. So um, hope to hear from you about it. Hope that you um, get some great ideas out of this. And more than anything, enjoy this uh, live internet talk show with a bunch of folks that just learned how to do it for themselves. If you know how it is, then you know how it might be. But think what it would look like if you grow your own community. It ain't easy. That's why you're listening to hear experiences from others just like you and me. Welcome to the B2B Community Builder Podcast, a show that was started because if you can unlock the power of having a community around your business, then you will create a source of referrals, validation, marketing content, and product feedback that will be unbeatable. But who has time to think about building a community when you need to be making sure that your team has what it needs to succeed in serving clients and bringing in revenue? That is why we'll be talking to business leaders like you and I that have cracked the code on why the community play is so valuable how to implement tactics that got them there while still serving short-term goals and what they can teach you that they have mastered. This show is for you if you are a CEO, CMO, or simply a rainmaker that has realized that without a community, you are just a commodity, but haven't figured out how to add it to your infinite list of priorities. This show is for you if you are a community professional or trying to be a community professional that is trying to convince leadership about the need to invest in a community strategy. This show is not for you if you think transactions are more valuable than relationships. I am your host and chief executive connector, Pablo Gonzalez, co-founder of BeTheStage.Live, a marketing company that specializes in relationship-driven growth. I invented the relationship flywheel and hopefully... I'm your new best friend. So smash that subscribe button, leave a rating when you do, and get ready to plug into the power of community creation for business development. Let's go. Welcome to episode 202 of the B2B Community Builder Show. 
I am your host and chief executive connector, Pablo Gonzalez. We are live on Facebook with my friends checking in here. We are going to be recapping season three of the Relationship Flywheel Bootcamp out of Miami and my parents' home. I'm doing my best with lighting. Let me know that you hear me. Let me know that everything is coming in. But I just want to I want to start with welcoming you if you're checking in here. The community, Samantha Logan is in the house. We got Gareth Beverly. We got Carolyn Choate. Uh, we got Laura, the Laura DeFranco, as she was introduced to me originally. Lee Bishop, the troublemaker of the community. Don Bates, the MVP of the community resident. Uh, Oxford PhD in here. Lori Goldman, the super connector of the community. We got Penny Rose, the CPA for content creators. Venya, our community scientist, is in the house. In the meantime, I just want to give a little bit of recap of what we are talking about today. The relationship flywheel, third cohort that we've hosted, right? We call this method of doing a live internet talk show. We have trademarked it as a relationship flywheel because in my opinion, as somebody that has been obsessed with making friends with as many people as I can my entire life and exerting influence without being salesy, this idea of having a live internet talk show is the most powerful vehicle that I have ever found because you're able to build a relationship one-to-one with a guest that you can have on a stage. You build a, re- a relationship one-to-few with the people that show up and you build a relationship one-to-many with repurposing the content into podcasts and YouTube and micro content and blogs and all this other great stuff. And the idea of teaching this thing really dawned upon us when I was taking Amanda Holmes's core story bootcamp. She was ahead of her ultimate sales machine launch. She wanted to activate the community. So she created this bootcamp and I had previously poo-pooed online classes, right? I did not like the success rate. I did not like the idea that as soon as you make an online class and you release it to the world, it's a diminishing asset, right? Because the moment that you are not you know, actualizing the content, it's old, right? So I love the idea of the online cohort class in order to teach a methodology because I saw it as a way to build a community as well while teaching this thing. Also, as a boutique agency that offers a premium product, right? Like our done for you service is a $12,000 starting point and then $5,000 a month at minimum, we wanted this methodology, this way of doing things to make it out into the real world, right? Like we want people to take this thing, make it their own, make it better, adapt it to a certain situation. And that's why we have, that's why we really wanted to teach this thing, right? That's why we wanted to put it in other people's hands so that they could apply it to their situation, show me the parts where where we were short, right? Like how could we make this thing better and how can this thing iterate through the power of community? So we decided to release this the first time, February of 2022, kind of put up a LinkedIn post and we had 22 people log in and do it, right? Then we did it again. We doubled the price of what we did it at, did it again, in again in the summer, right? Like sometime around July. And then we offered it one more time at the, you know, we've been saying that this is probably going to settle in somewhere around 2,500 bucks, but we have consistently gone from 200 to 500 
to 800 to 1,000. And what we found is in this cohort, this latest cohort that we just filled in and we just finished, we learned a new things. But the number one thing we learned is that we are attracting really, really high level people. Um, and the level of success and execution that has risen along with the average level inside the group. I don't know if it's because of the asking price. I don't know if it's because we sold this thing from stages this last time, but it's really gone up. So the first thing that I thought of is I want to share the lessons from the community, from the people that have done this. We want to get into this and see what these folks have learned. I'm going to splatter in a couple of my own lessons throughout the way, but I want to get right to it. I want to share the stage with the people that have trusted me with their time, with their money. Done. Sam Selich, community manager for Squarespace. We met at CMX conference. You approached me immediately after the speech. Never in a million dreams did I think that I would have somebody from Squarespace in my class, man. But you know, you're somebody that really took it on and you're unique, right? Like you are someone that most people that have taken this are either the CEO or they're the business owner or they're a solopreneur. You are somebody inside of a giant machine. So you have some unique challenges and some unique perspectives to bring to the table. Sam, welcome to the show, my friend. Thank you so much. Great to be back. It's good. To, it's good to have you back on, man. It's good to have you back on since uh, since CMX. Um, yeah. You know, first things first. I I, I kind of want to. I want you to take five minutes and uh, do. Do you have something prepared of what you really really want to share? I want you to get right into it, man. Yeah, I got my five things all geared up. <laughs> Let's go. Let's go. So one thing that I thought was really valuable was when cold calling people to send a video and an audio message or audio video message, some kind of multimedia message. I've been just kind of sending out emails my whole life. And that's something I'm really excited to try out. Just sending a, you know, creating a relationship and letting them feel my vibe. Once I, if I start to get booked for more podcasts, maybe including a link to that at some point, thought that was really cool. And then the idea of hook story offer was the second thing um, I thought was really valuable, especially the idea of in an email starting with you instead of I, I've tried doing that so far and so far so good. I've gotten some some responses off of that, but I expect that that will be more impactful moving forward. Number three, the one to three standard questions that create proprietary research that we can package as content. What I really liked about that is that Squarespace is such a data-based company. And I've said this from the beginning, but what I do at Squarespace specifically is community manage events and webinars. So we have a community of 80,000 professional Squarespace users, and I create the events and webinars for them. Since the beginning, though, I've been doing like polling and survey for them, and that data has proven to be pretty useful, but I never thought about including that as part of a show or actually in the conversation, in the webinar. So that's something I think is going to be valuable as well. Is like These are the kinds of people that we're getting into these webinars that we're designing, or actually, I shouldn't say webinar, should I? I should say internet talk show, because that's the whole reason I'm here. And then I think the last two things is number four. Number four, the cohort class, the idea of a cohort class is something that I'm already starting to design for next year. Starting with the internet talk show idea, we're reframing one of our webinars as an internet talk show, and we've already had some, gotten some really great response from that. 
hundred people signed up from just even the first send out, which is really like exciting to see. So we're going to build that out into like a boot camp for next year. We're already doing some research on new members and how we can serve them, but I'm already getting the sense that I think that a uh, for bringing new members in and teaching them how to do what we do is uh, already the best way to serve them. And yeah, finally, I just I would say that like the the whole thing that brought me here, the line that uh, originally brought me to the boot camp was when I saw you on stage at CMX, Pablo, and the line you said that really stuck out to me was nobody wants to attend a webinar, they want to go to an internet talk show. And that was really what got me started down this path, redesigning our whole webinar program to be focused on at least one internet talk show. And as I said, you know, we've already seen really great response from just reframing it in this new way. We definitely have some work ahead of us in the next year to start to re-up that content and develop it, but it's gone from sort of this this sort of having, you know, this drudgery of having to create a webinar to, I think, this fun new project of creating a show. Interesting, man. That's a really good, that's really good feedback for me. So I'm going to, I'm going to kind of go in order with some of the things that you said. If someone's listened to this podcast and they've never heard it before, or they haven't really heard me speak, you know, this idea of the relationship flywheel is we're teaching this internet talk show concept in order to teach it. You know, we don't go into too much detail every time we promote it, but we are teaching, you know, how to do outreach how to write better emails in order to get responses, how to use content as proprietary research and, and methodologies in that. So some of the things that you talked about outreach with video was, was one of the, one of the, you know, things we teach that's just part of the whole thing that isn't really titled this idea of starting an email with you instead of I is something I've been doing a long time. We get really good responses, proprietary research, right? How to use this activity that you're already doing to build a ball of information that you can use and hook story offers one of these frameworks that we use for content as well. But I would love to key in on what you just said is really, really valuable to me. The idea that, yes, that you were the first one that really caught on to that. Nobody wants to go to a webinar. They want to go to a show. So if you are building community around your company or you're trying to design a series of webinars as like an activation or a, or a live event, branding it as a show is a is it's just such an easy kind of like pivot that is such a no-brainer that I wish other companies would figure out And then understanding the value of making a cohort class around what you do in order to kickstart that thing is another big, big unlock for us, man. So I appreciate that data point. As you, if I could ask you one thing, it's what advice do you have to give for people that are part of, you're part of the community team for a massive software company. You're not, you know, the marketing team. You're not the founder. You don't have all the, all the keys to the, to all the vehicles, right? Like what advice do you have to give to, if somebody is on a community team and they're trying to like implement this thing in a much bigger machine, anything that you've learned as you've iterated through these last six weeks of how to communicate it better to the rest of the team and get them on board? Yeah, I would just say that the challenge that is probably consistent with bigger teams is just how long it takes to implement any new ideas. So I felt that this came at a really good time for me, meeting you and learning the flywheel concept and thinking differently about webinars, because it was almost around the time that I had passed one year at Squarespace. I've been doing webinars for a long time, but Squarespace, I had just been doing webinars for one year and sort of had fit into their flow, right? I think that by that point, we knew that we wanted to grow our webinar program. And I had some ideas, but I kept butting my head up against the wall, 
you know, why are some of these ideas that we're implementing in small ways, you see the number go up, you see the number go down in terms of registrations, in terms of attendance. And I don't really have the data yet on how this new show is going to go, but I can tell you the one data point that I have before we even go live in December is just that sending out that immediate link in a newsletter, not even like a dedicated invitation email to the people who are going to attend it, just a general email to all 80,000 of our members. Within you know 24 hours, we got 100 people signing up for it. So that to me, you know, I think typically we get like maybe 30 or whatever for the same kind of event that we're advertising. So just changing it from like a webinar style thing to we're going live, we're going to be talking about trendy, cool stuff. We're not just going to be teaching you things that we want you to do for us. We're going to be teaching you things that you can do for you. You're going to, we're going to design this to be something of value for you, as opposed to like the opposite thing. We're asking you to do something for us. I would say that that is, to me, obvious in its value, and I can now show the rest of my team what the value is. So I guess like to just repackage that all together is that for a big team, if you're on a community team, you may not be able to make this change overnight. Start working patiently, start finding the people close to you uh, on your team who you know will be on board with this idea right away, and then work together to make a bigger presentation and develop trust. Keep doing what you're doing right now. Don't stop what you're doing right now. Don't try to make the change overnight. You will find some way to fit this new way of thinking into what you're doing. Buddy, I'm super grateful for this class, if only because it allowed us the perfect kind of venue to like stick around, right? Like I met you at a conference. Now we just spent six weeks together. I feel like now we're officially friends and it's not going to ever go anywhere because we spend all this time together, man. So I'm really pumped that you believed in me and and took the took the time investment of like showing up and, and like really de- dedicating yourself to this and then showing up here totally over delivering with actually five lessons. I had titled this thing five lessons because I thought only five people would show up, but you just showed up with five lessons. So from here on out, we're playing with house money. We're over delivering it, but I don't want anybody else to freak out thinking that they got to come up with five. If you have one and the announcement of your show, I'll take it. Sam, I appreciate you being here, brother. Thank you so oh, much. I'm, you know, so this is, thank you for saying I'm a good student. Apparently I'm a bad student because I didn't follow the instructions. <laughs> I over delivered, but sorry, that's my inner Hermione Granger, and I'm sorry to anybody else who comes next. Uh, I was really just trying to follow instructions. But yes, I, I'm so grateful to Pablo. This has been a fantastic class, and thank you so much. Awesome, bro. I appreciate yeah. you, man. All right. I want to say, since Sam was talking about the cohort class, we learned a couple things about cohort classes through the three things that we've done, right? So I want to sprinkle in a little bit of value. The first time, we wanted to do it in four weeks and get it done just to kind of like relieve the idea of just doing it. This being the third time, we increased it to six weeks. And we found that increasing the time, because what we teach is so dense, increasing the time and having one kind of conceptual day of where you're teaching stuff and one kind of like study hall session where people can show up and learn and actually implement I felt would work really, really well. Actually, not I felt. Gina thought would work really well. And it turns out it really did. I thought that that was one of the biggest improvements we made. So if I have any uh, advice based on what we just learned for those of you that are going to go out there and do a core class out of this, stretch it out as long as you can and give yourself, it's going to be intense to do two days a week. But I think the idea of presenting one day a week and allowing people to like integrate one day a week was really, really valuable for people hitting their milestones. And while it was a big lift for us, I felt that 
those that showed up every single time got a lot of value. And those that didn't get a chance to show up every single time still got to learn as they were going on because there was multiple ways of learning. And we would kind of recap a little bit during the study hall and then go into doing it. So I thought that that was a really, really good takeaway for us. And I want to share that. Penny, our resident forensics accountant with the greatest niche that I envy forever, a, a, a CPA for content creators, amazing tailwinds, amazing business model. I love the fact that you joined. You were one of the first ones to join. And it was a like a beautiful surprise to me because we hadn't really gone into like full selling campaign. You just joined off the internet and I saw your name come through and I don't know any other pennies. So I was super pumped you were in. Penny, thank you for making it to the show. And what do you, what'd you learn? What'd you got to share? So the biggest thing for me is that you taught us that it really blew my mind is be known for the problem that you help people solve. I mean, that, that really hit home for me because I've always, in terms of positioning myself, I've always thought about the pain and the, you know, the transition I'm going to, I'm going to help people and then the dream of where they want to be. But I really resonate with the idea that I need to be known for the problem that I'm going to help people solve. That was huge. And I'm sure my husband has heard me in the middle of the night say, is this interesting? Is this for me? And do I trust you? Uh, You know, I am looking at my notes to make sure I got it right, but it's got to be in my journal at least four times. And I am going to think about everything that I do from now on in that context, in terms of my business. The other thing that was amazing to me is at every other conversation, you're like, oh, you need to read this book. You, Pablo, are an amazing reader. And I've already gotten through Two of the books that you recommended, Influenced, was amazing. And every time we hit on a point that came from Influence, I already recognized that that's where it came from. So I'm learning how to use the ABT and all of my presentations. I have a bunch of presentations coming up, and that's going really well to, to work with that. So that was a big thing to learn for me. And then the last thing, and I say it only last because you know, it was in the last class that the whole idea about the cohort class, it gave me, I don't think I needed permission. And yet, as soon as you described that, it was like, that's what I want to do. I don't want to, you know, go out, look at for the perfect class platform. I don't want to do that. I just want to find the best way to deliver information to people that need it in a back and forth manner. And the way that you laid that out for us just blew my mind. It's probably the first implementation I'm going to do. Love that. Love that. And quite frankly, I think when you are, that was the big aha for us, right? If you're community building, if you're going to launch the show, doing the cohort class is the perfect first step, right? Like this idea that we figured out after year one of the Not Your Average Investor Show that out of the 3,000 people in the community, it was the 30 most engaged people that led to that $40 million worth of profitability. How do we shortcut to having 10 to 20 people fully engaged? Cohort class. It is the reason why we launched it. And it becomes such a flexible way of, number one, congealing the community around it. Two, 
liquidating it on the front end, right? If even if you can sell that cohort class for like a hundred bucks, right? Like you you can still raise some funds to then pay for all the other stuff that you're going to want to do. I love that you are grabbing onto that because it's one of the most ambitious things that we mentioned in there, but it really is useful. I want to recap the things that you said. I love this. I love, I love hearing the feedback back from this. Be known for the problem that you solve. I love the chat going off about category design, right? Like I'm a big believer in category design. The three questions that you brought up, That was one of the big aha moments for me. I have always talked about, you know, how content and how clients are always asking themselves, is this interesting? Do I trust this person? And is this for me? And while I had always talked about it, it was in this teaching of this class of the content lanes that I'm like, wait a minute, this is a perfect way to sort this stuff out in order to explain a, a, a more complicated concept of the content lanes and how to organize your mindset around it. You know, they say that teaching is the ultimate way to learn something, right? And this third time around, teaching that concept was huge for me. It was absolutely huge for me. But like even this this idea of the cohort class as a personal development thing for me is huge. And then you know, thank you for bringing up the books thing, right? Like, I think I'm going to talk about that more often, but yes, we have a ton of books that we recommend and things that we formulate around. So you get the bibliography of everything that we are talking about. I love that you read Cialdini's influence. The lever of reciprocity is like the ultimate lever that I have used my whole life. And that narrative gym for business, right? Like the ABT. I love that. I think maybe in the future, when we up the, when we up the price of the course, maybe it comes with the study material and we, include those books into it. So super, super valuable feedback. Penny, I know that you're going to launch a show or you're going to launch yep. a class. Why don't you give us the world premiere? What show are we looking forward to? What are the content lanes? Tell me what you've thought through of your show. So I'm going to launch the Creative Entrepreneur and it's for content creators who want their business to pay the bills. So I'm going to help people with personal finance, figuring out how to start a business while you're working full time, trying to get people that are just a little bit ahead of my listeners and say, you know, people who've been where my audience, where my community has been and be able to to shine the light on the path that they need to take. I love it, Penny. I love it. I think it is a show that the content creation world needs. I think people need to hire you to be their CPA. I love your business model and the way that you're executing it. I know you and I are talking about ways to get you to work for for Be The Stage. I'm a little bit delayed on that, but it's definitely going to happen. And more than anything, I'm just super grateful that you were like that perfect data point of content, right? Like we met, somebody introduced us at some point. I've run into you a couple of times. I think more than anything, you have kept up with me via the content that I put out there without me really knowing all the way to the point where you bought my thing. And now we've spent six weeks together and now we know each other really, really well. And I'm always going to be cheering for you and trying to help you out. So just really appreciative of uh, you coming on here and you sharing this as well. Thanks, Penny. Oh, thank you so much. That that That's fantastic. I'm looking forward to the future. Awesome. Awesome. I'm looking forward to the future too. Speaking of the future, Coming up next is Carolyn Cho. Carolyn helps experts that are really, you know, launching their personal brand via books that they've written, via content they created by creating funnels for them as, as a way to uh, sell that on the back end. And, you know, what really attracted me to what, to Carolyn's message is the fact that I have this like 
bad taste in my mouth about funnels based on, you know, being around the Russell Brunson world and and the ClickFunnels world and, and meeting a lot of people that use it unethically. I love the way that Carolyn approaches this stuff. So I was really pumped when you joined our class and, you know, how much you've taken to it. So I'm really excited to hear what you have to say. What'd you, what'd you learn? Thank you. It was so packed with information. I just, it's rare that I end up in a situation where it feels like a, you know, fire hose of information coming at me because I pick things up very quickly and I learn fast. So it was very refreshing and nice to be in a situation where it's like, yeah, I am learning a lot. The first thing was thinking about inviting guests a little bit more strategically. I was inviting people that were just like, oh, they seem to have a cool story. And I started rethinking about how can I not only benefit the guests, but also benefit the listeners with them getting super valuable information. So inviting people who have something very helpful to the coaches and speakers and authors that I'm working with to become a hub of resource for them. And the onboarding system that you have was much more robust than what I've been doing. And I loved the idea of using that as an opportunity to gather micro clips of content to use in promoting the episode. And yeah, that category design thing kind of blew me away because I have stepped into a place where I'm doing something that nobody else is talking about with a lot of help from Laura. It was in part her idea. And now I'm like, oh, this is an opportunity to define a whole new space. And I can't wait to try to do that. So yeah, I'm excited. I had a show and it's it's just morphing and changing based on everything that I've been learning. I love it. I love it. That's really good feedback. You know, you're not the first person to come on that already has a podcast. And I do find that this thing plays really well for it might even be better for people that have a podcast already because seeing the difference between the methodologies that we put out there versus the average kind of like execution where you just kind of jump into it by yourself. Um, I think it's pretty significant. The guest strategy stuff, you know, that, that to me is like really what we're selling, right? This idea of onboarding and content distribution and guest strategy is very key into, into what we're selling. So the fact that how you, that's what I feel that, people most get wrong when they're doing a podcast. And the reason why is because I got it wrong for so long, right? Like I definitely went the shotgun approach of like, oh, this would be interesting. That would be interesting. It really starts monetizing, right? Like it really starts becoming worth your financial time when you get very, very deliberate about, you know, aligning the guests with kind of an end goal every single time and what your audience wants. So that's super cool. I love that the idea of using onboarding as content distribution, you know, content creation and promotion. That's something that we learned about like a year and a half in. So I'm glad that we got to share that. And we already hit on category design. What do you think is the biggest change? Like give like a golden nugget of like guest selection strategy that someone could just like learn right now and be like, oh, okay, cool. I don't even have to go take that class. I can implement this right now. Thinking about who are the people that your audience already knows? Who are the people that they're listening to, that they're interested in, who already has your audience and approaching them? And you gave great tips on how to approach people who are maybe at least you think at a higher level than you. 
And that combined with the fact that, you know, people are always looking for a place to spread their message. So even if somebody has way more followers than you, you can still ask them, would you like to be on this show and speak to my audience? Because we have similar audiences. And then you get to look so impressive to your audience because they already know who that person is. Love it. Nailed it. Nailed it. Yeah. I describe it as talking about a subject that your audience wants to care about with a person that your audience already wants to meet, right? Like, Mm -hmm. and that to me, that's so key. Carolyn, are you announcing a new show or a new branding of your show? Something coming on? Can we uh, give a little spoiler here? Absolutely. Yes. I am doing the Financially Free Author Show. That is a rebrand from what I had been doing. I was doing it twice a week, which I have realized through this experience, I really can't do enough to promote and support it at that pace. So I'm pulling it back to once a week again, so that we can have more support of promoting the guests. And um, it is live Mondays at 1 p.m. Eastern. The financially free author. If you got a book and you want it to be a moneymaker for you, I think you're going to want to be listening to Carolyn's show. And Carolyn, another person who I am going to be doing business with here in the future. I know that you're going to be helping us build a build a funnel for our conference activation project. I'm super, super pumped about that. I'm really glad that we got to, you know, from our first call where you were immediately vulnerable with me, I knew that this was a friendship that was going to last. So <laughs> I just really appreciate the time we got to spend together and for your trust in me. Thanks, Carolyn. All right. So speaking of Laura, we're going to bring her on a little behind the scenes. I was super intimidated when Laura told me that she was taking this class. <laughs> because <laughs> she was introduced to me by Donnie Boyvin as the Laura DeFranco. I know that I, I just know that you are not someone I can bullshit. <laughs> like That was very clear to me. So I knew that if I wasn't, if there wasn't something, some meat here, something for you to really, really take away, I knew that I was going to know it. And I was really afraid of that happening because of imposter syndrome and all the good things. But um, it's been an incredible, incredible experience to have you on here. Laura works with healers and she shows healers how to, you know, become actual entrepreneurs, right. And see beyond healing and see themselves as a business. And you do that a lot by writing books. And I am super pumped about whatever you're going to show Laura. What did you, what did you learn in the class? (laughs) You're so funny, Pablo. Your class was freaking awesome. First of all, And, um, I had, you know, I, I had been around the block a time or two with doing community building kind of things, but I had so many golden nuggets from your class. And I thank you for that. The content lanes, even though that felt like a basic thing, I had a shift there because what you gave us was not just this thing to help out the show. You gave us a business development tool. And in terms of even my networking, I had a shift just by going ahead and brainstorming those content lanes. The onboarding structure, again, gave me this golden nugget shift because I had been onboarding guests before, but not in the exact way that you framed it. And I am telling you, I not only was able to shift the focus and energy on them, which made me feel more confident. But um, I think I was more impressive to them because I was doing it the way that you taught us. So that was like totally brilliant. Your ABT framework as a writer, I loved this because I am always looking for new ways to shift my copywriting that are more powerful, that get to the freaking point 
because people are busy and they need to know what this is, right? So that ABT framework was super awesome. Loved it. Descript was a total freaking game changer for me for not just the live show, but the entire business. My entire business will be changed because you guys had the patience to take us through that step-by-step in a way that I could actually make it work. And I've already made like a couple of these little videos that, you know, that you brought us through. And I'm like, I'm proud of myself, dude. Like I did it, you know, and that's because you taught it to us in a way that we could take that away and actually make it happen. And then I think lastly, just the entire business building aspect of this course, it it wasn't expected. It felt like icing. It felt like extra over deliver to me because you gave us so much how to but it was all wrapped around this big business building, community building foundation, which you and I both know is a total key to a successful business. So I thank you for all of it. Oof, that was a golden nugget right there. I'm going to have my team clip that and paste that across all my social media channels. So if you could just give this a pause right now, Go into the show notes and connect with me on whatever platform you like to follow me on Instagram, Twitter, LinkedIn, whatever you want to be a part of my life in connect with me there. I'm going to share that clip and you can share it with your friends so that they get the same lesson. It'll be adding value to their life. And while you're at it, go ahead and subscribe to the show. If you haven't already hit five star review, right? You don't have to leave a review. You just got to hit five stars. If you want to leave a review, cool. And maybe send the episode to your friend. That would be awesome. That's it. I'm done. Back to the show. That's huge. That's huge, Laura. Because I remember I remember you saying that the number one thing that you would judge this thing on was if it would get you more clients, right? So the fact that you see this as a big business development exercise really means a lot to me. Um, I'm going to dive into some of the things you said. First of all, Um, I didn't come up with the ABT. It's Park Howell's ABT. And I want to continue to promote what he's doing because it's brilliant. But yes, I think the ABT is, you know, I don't shut up about it. And also Descript. I do think that those are two like big game changing things. And this time around, when we taught Descript, those study halls were huge, right? Like, and having the time to to really take with people was big because I agree with you. I feel like every time we show somebody Descript, it can be a complete game changer for people but it takes a real level of patience that I quite frankly was cringing while we were doing it. I was like, Oh my God, this is the slowest thing. People have to be wanting to punch themselves in the face. But I felt like, I felt like it was really, really needed. And I'll just kind of land on the first two things you said, the content lanes and the onboarding. Well, first of all, onboarding as a first impression. I think it, people really underestimate. I'm glad, I'm glad you picked up on that. We got a lot of feedback on, Oh, your podcast is different or our clients podcasts are different because we're being onboarded in this professional manner. There's a thing and you don't get a second chance to put a first impression in, right? So like if you are using this to to grow proximity to powerful people, you'll want to show up prepared. And I think people kind of like tend to misunderestimate how valuable that thing is. So I'm glad he, you called it out. And again, the content lanes for me is so crucial because again, I've done it so wrong for so long while doing it correctly for clients, I'm still don't think I'm doing it completely right, which is why I'm shutting it down in December and redesigning all my stuff based on everything I've learned. But it's going to be really, really hard for anybody to have a show if when people tune into the show, they don't know, they don't have a guarantee of what they're going to get. 
And the content lanes to me is a way to organize this idea that when somebody shows up to your supermarket aisle, they know that they're in the they're in the Laura aisle, and in the Laura aisle, you're gonna find the canned vegetables, the pasta, and the thing, right? And like that to me is what the content lanes represent, and that's really the only way that you're gonna get people to buy and continue to show up. So I'm super super pumped that you're in on it, Laura. Did you? Have you, do you have an announcement to make? Is there like a new show, a new content stream, something coming out of this? I know that you're, you, you are, you officially won the early bird award of already doing it before we're even done with the class. You want to tell people about it? I do. Thank you. So seven figure healers, you guys, we have a mission to wake my healer friends up to what's possible in terms of thriving in their business, not just changing the world. Right. Cause like we need the time, money, energy, and resources to generously take care of ourselves and everyone we love and serve. And sometimes us healers, we learn how to do all the giving and we don't learn how to do the thriving. So I'm going to have finance experts on. We're going to talk about self-care. We're going to talk about investing everything from all of those ways, all of those extras that we need to thrive, so important that we have the big picture. So yes, episode two is coming up on December 8th. We're going to have world-renowned sound healer Ashana with us that day to wash us out with her sound healing. Oof, I love me some <laughs> sound healing. That's awesome. That's awesome. And you, t- you, took a, you took your own kind of approach, Laura, as the independent thinker that you are. You decided that you're just going to make this a, it doesn't necessarily have to be an every week podcast, but you're making it kind of like a a monthly, quasi-monthly live event series, right? Is that kind of what you're doing? You know, I may go ahead and take action before you're ready type of gal. And I already had speakers lined up for a retreat that we're doing. And I just thought, all right, this is totally brilliant. They're already going to be my guest experts. So I'm just going to invite them on and bring them in. Even though I didn't have a regular time and day for this yet, I just thought I'll do special events until I can get into the groove into the new year, maybe with that regular time and day. Uh, you know, I just got to roll with the flow and it's it's working for now. Not surprised. Not surprised. I love that. I love that. that to me, the key to this thing is iterate till you get it right. I started real ugly. I think that I really admire that you just took action, that you made the link between having an event coming up and being able to showcase your keynote speakers ahead of time. That's going to drive value to the speaker. It's going to drive value to the event. It's going to create engagement in the community ahead of time so people know what they're getting into. I absolutely, absolutely, absolutely love that strategy. Laura, thank you for making time today. Thank you for trusting me with your time and money. Like I said, it, it meant a lot when you signed up and it means like a whole ton to get your validation. So thanks for coming today. Thank you, Pablo, for everything. Thanks for the community you're building too. You're amazing. Ah, thank you. It means a lot. Speaking of community building, we coming up next is somebody that is very well known to our community. She is the scientist of community out here. So Venya, if you want to come on, this was, I was really excited to have you join the boot camp, mostly for selfish reasons. Cause every time I'm around you, you say something brilliant. And then if I'm the person that introduced you to somebody, I then get a text saying that Venya is next level. True story. So I'm pumped that you made time for this thing. Venya is building Socially Constructed Online, which is essentially a community laboratory teaching people how to run communities and build communities at a really, really high level. Venya, what'd you think of the bootcamp? What'd you learn? First off, massive kudos on this flywheel. I would absolutely be asking for 
claps and cheers. So if people want to do that in the chat, that would be wonderful. This was awesome. This was incredible. And as with all things, like what's said here stays here, what's learned here leaves here. And I have so much to learn and then implement for myself. But I also kind of want to take a moment before talking about like the technical aspects to talk about emotional. Because like Pablo, you and I like fast friends real, real quick. And it's just been a complete transition in my life. Socially Constructed Online is new. And connecting with you and Lori has really been like one of the biggest aspects of my entire year, trying to build this business and feeling like I have the confidence and the wherewithal and the emotional tenor to really push things forward, implement and launch. And that's been a struggle that I've been really, really having all year. I have like these huge plans and uh, it was really one of those things where like I had to be knocked down a peg on that like knowledge base to be like, okay, but do you need to produce all this content though? Like, can you just learn with people? And it was a huge revelation for me. I think all of that emotional standing just coalesced in this meeting. So thank you for that. It it really hit me, not just in my head space, but in my heart. That means the world to me. Thanks for thanks for saying that. And all I can say is that I've been there and I'm really happy to be able to have provided that space for you because, you know, at the end of the day, I know that you're going to crush it and we're going to be celebrating this thing looking back. And I think we got a, a long way to go here. So I'm, I'm super pumped to thank you. Thank you for thank you for acknowledging that. And I'm I'm really proud of, you know, everything that you're doing and being a part of it. Absolutely. Thank you. That having been said, uh, there are some things that I want to mention. I also want to just cry out Descript to tell the cows come home. That thing is incredible. I'm so very, very happy about it as a tool and I've already integrated it into my systems. But the thing that I struggled with, and sometimes in these cohort classes, it's the struggles that stand out more than the successes. And I think it should be that way. The content lanes were rough. And I think we've already heard that a few times before, and we'll probably hear it from people talking after. But I think going through that exercise, because we've been told time and time again in marketing and SEO and business, niche down, always niche down, start finding those highly specific things that you can talk to, be as emotional as you can. And I came in to the content lane session going, I got this. I didn't have it because you completely flipped it And content lanes are about how can we make sure that this is a long-running, sustainable business practice that nests itself very comfortably within a long-term community space that everyone can get specific information from? How do we serve specifically while staying general? And that was so, so, so hard for me. I feel like the content lanes as a framework moved on its head some of the things that I was struggling with the most. Super interesting. I remember you saying this, and I'm glad that we went back to it, right? Because I do think that content creators, brand builders, they talk a lot about these content pillars, right? Which is kind of similar to content lenses. This idea of like what you talk about in what we talk about that it's different is what you just said. What you want to do with your content lanes, we call them lanes because they're they're driving you into like a final, a final destination. And you want to think of your content with a cast a wide net approach that then narrows the conversation into the thing that you're talking about. And that's something that I learned off of my first ever client in this game, which is Brendan Kane. And he is a guy that 
notoriously built a million followers in 30 days, right? So I feel really, really fortunate that I got to work with that guy and learn this early on because it does differentiate me from most people. And I also think it's the reason why I have success. So thank you for, thank you for calling that piece out. That's huge. Thank you. Absolutely. More grounded as well. I also want to point out the automated workflow processes for before and after the events and the processes. Thank you for that as well. The post-content workflow, especially made my life a billion times easier. Awesome. Yeah. That's all, that's all Gino right there. That's all Gino and Joanna right there. So yeah, anything, anything that's process, you can bet that it didn't come from me, but like, Hey man, I'm so glad to have it in my life too. (laughs) Awesome. Then yeah. Yes. Back to the script. I could not, you know, recommend that more often. Right. When you said that the script thing, the chat lit up of like Laura, Lori, Sam, and Carolyn all saying that we've been all evangelizing this thing since we since we found it. I, I completely agree that the script is one of these tools that's going to win long term because it is creating word of mouth acceleration via a great product that people tell other people about, and I really admire it. So I'm happy to I'm happy to be um you know to be evangelizing that thing and putting it in the hands of brilliant people like you who is already a content creator with your own workflow and you already knew what you were doing but the script can really add to your life so if you're listening to this i really think you need to check out this script cuz when i tell people about it they're like really it does all of that and it really makes it for like even an idiot like me that doesn't know how to use these tools to edit some content so i think it's really valuable then do you have any, do you have any kind of announcements do you have a show that you've already conceptualized that you're showing up that you want to promote Yes. So it's actually, as we spoke in the last session, and it changed because it got bigger and it got more associative and it got more deliberative and it got more community focused. And I'm so happy and excited about that. I love all those words, all those Uh, adverbs. Yeah. I'm (laughs) I'm super hyped. We're going to be waiting until the holidays finished before we actually do this. But in my Discord channel, we have a regular event that happens every Friday. And on Friday, it's a big thing for community members, community managers, just not wanting to work. Just go hang out with the community, go do the associative stuff, go do the emotional things. It's a Friday, right? So we created this thing called Community in the Comments, which is literally just a water cooler conversation. And it hasn't gotten a lot of attention in the Discord necessarily. But why don't we just do that with other communities and just allow for people in the comments of the YouTube channel and in the comments of our lives, connect with other online communities and just have a water cooler between communities. So I and a few other YouTubers, as a result of our collaboration, would like to tentatively announce a public live community in the comments. Love it. Community in the comments. I literally just had a a long conversation. A friend of mine invited me to interview him for his 250th episode. And one of the big things that he realized was community in the comments. The idea that when you're hosting a show or you have a content stream, what happens in the comments, it's its own thing. It's its own life. It's its own driver of community. So I love the official claiming of the show about that. And I'm super pumped. I'm sure it's going to be awesome. Like everything I've ever seen you do, Venya. So, you know, thanks for, thanks for trusting me with your time and going through this with us. I really appreciate you having been there and thanks for making me look good by uh, being guilty by association to everybody I introduced you to. And thanks for Lori to, for bringing you into my life. So appreciate you. Speaking of another brilliant community organizer, this guy is 
the legend of Lego over here. Tim Courtney, I met at CMX also, and just immediately struck me as an incredibly intelligent guy that has done some really, really interesting stuff. So when he told me that he was thinking about taking this, the first thing that I thought was like, yeah, this guy is such an action taker. I know something awesome is going to happen when he takes all this stuff. And it's really been a pleasure to watch you. You know, Tim is at the beginning of his entrepreneurship identity establishment. And uh, and I think these six weeks, I've seen a ton of growth and a ton of really cool things happening. And we've become friends, man. So Tim, I appreciate you making time to be on the show. And I'm super curious to hear uh, what your takeaways were, man. Well, thanks, Pablo, so much. I really, really appreciated it from the moment that I met you at that that session, CMX. What was the title of it? It was something about like, it was zero to community in 30 days, a strategy (laughs) even your DFO will love. Yeah. Yeah. So I got that description. I was, you know, I was just kind of like, I'm kicking tires. This sounds interesting. And then, you know, of, of course it's this entire roadmap. It's this entire developed process. So I had to find out more about it. And, and so the course could not have come at a better time. I feel like from everybody who has gone before, I'm kind of commenting on the shoulders of giants here and what everybody's uh, takeaways have been. I could plus one a lot of those. I'll get to a couple unique ones at the end, but going back to that, you know, again, the category design, even when you brought us back to that in the last class, it kind of like blew open some of the stuff that I've been working on with defining some services and things like that and building, starting to build sales materials. I'm like, ah, crap, I forgot about category design back to the drawing board, but in the best way, because I might be able to get excited about ideas and potential. But if you're not being known for the problem you're solving, it's struggling to make that link to what you say is is that what is it? People only buy something that's a Monday morning problem. So trying to define that, working on defining that Monday morning problem. So thank you, Pablo, for always bringing us back to that. I really, really appreciate it. Plus the books. This is a little bit of an aside and it wasn't on my notes to mention, but you have in the past on a couple of shows have mentioned the book, $100 million offers. So I went and got that book. And for, for folks who were listening, it's like, $2 on Amazon for Kindle, right? Which is really insane. And I read the book and it wasn't, you know, nothing is new, right? All of these ideas, nothing, nothing is new out there. And so this wasn't, it's just the same sort of ideas around packaging and designing a product and crafting an offer and crafting a narrative around value, just packaged in a different way. And so, you know, I've been exposed to things like this over the years and haven't been in a place where I'm ready to take action. And this was also just kind of simple enough. I didn't feel like, uh, and maybe it was because it was in a completely different category. You know, the, the author of that book is a fitness entrepreneur and a health and nutrition entrepreneur, you know, versus doing, you know, online stuff or digital products or things with global scale where, you know, it's really easy to compare yourself to other people and get intimidated. It was just a domain that I knew nothing about. So $100 million offers was really great. I highlighted it. I've created an Excel worksheet for myself out of it. And I'm working through it right now to, to work out. Now, service design is a little bit different than product design. So I've got to do some adaptation. But that was really, really key. Tim, I'm going to want to yeah. see that worksheet, bro. Right. I need to see that Excel sheet because I'm also in service design too. 
That's I'll, awesome. I will share with you. It's messy, but you know what? If you want to work on the service design stuff together, we I'd be happy to do a jam session with you. Hell yeah. Put our heads together on it and then we can both use the worksheet. Love uh, it. Yeah. Awesome. Let's do that. I know that it was touched on before, but I want to double tap on content lanes. It was also hard for me to get, but I do feel like, and that fits that structure. What is it like? What somebody mentioned it before. It's like, who are you? And like, why do I care? And like, can I trust you? Or what is it interesting to me? Yes. Do I trust you? And is this for me? Yeah. Right. So, you know, you have for each lane kind of fills one of those, one of those topics, right. And you might have two lanes for one of the topics, but that even having that subtitle prompt, it also helps identify how to frame the the topic that goes in the lane, right? So it it helps you really narrow down like where do you focus that conversation? If you are saying, well, in this lane, you know, we're talking about is this interesting or do I trust you? And you know, also just the uh, maybe probably one of the biggest reasons that I signed up, other than wanting to hang out with you for six weeks, Pablo, is getting all the getting the workflows, you know, yeah. getting access to that Airtable setup and the SOPs. And oh my God, like I mean, I still haven't read through them all. It is a little bit overwhelming. It is learning, you know, from a fire hose, and really can only learn it by doing it. But I think that alone, it's very very clear that you guys have done this a bunch of times and you've learned a lot from it. And I think that a good chunk of the value of the course is just cutting down that like discovery time and like the time of like making mistakes, you know, when someone else has already made the mistakes for you and they've condensed it down into a process that to me is really, really huge. And on that alone, I would recommend anyone taking the course in the future. So, and then I'll end with the, the, I've got it up on my screen here that you shared the flow of the relationship flywheel where it kind of, it puts it all together, right? When you outline that 30 days and that flywheel, you know, it's kind of easy, easy, easy to understand it at a high level, you know, how this is working, but then you actually see step by step by step. Once you put this entire system together, how this method turns the flywheel and to have that in, in such clarity for someone like me, you've probably realized this already. My head, my head spins a bunch. I go way up into this high level thing and it all has to make sense in some grand framework. It's probably my greatest strength and my greatest weakness. So having you put that out there as a chart, flow chart really, really helps to, once you've gone through all the nuts and bolts, see it summarized in one page. Thanks, man. That's another, those last two are a huge nod to Gina. Number one, the the workflows and the SOPs and all that stuff is all Gina's work inside my company. And she's been saying for a long time, she's like, dude, these things by themselves are worth the price of the course. And I'm like, I know, they Gina, are. but I'm super insecure about selling stuff. So I got to just load it with value, right? So um, yeah. I'm, I'm super pumped that, yeah. And I agree, man. We've We've made every mistake in the book doing this thing, right? So like, I love to shortcut that process. And finally, the flywheel flow, the visual representation at the end is something that I inherently know is good, but this was the first time that we did it and we were driving to it all along, right? Creating that map that we walked people through all along to then at the end, show it all together. That's been super helpful for us internally because as a sales tool, as you can tell, right? Like this thing is a complicated thing, right? Like if I want to say that this thing works for this, or this thing works for that, or this thing works, you know, like there's a million things that this works for. So it's really hard for me to like wrap around like the central messaging of selling it. But that the idea of being able to represent it graphically and then showing it off like that and taking a group of people through 
this is what it looks like. Don't worry. You're not going to understand it now to bam, here it is. Now you understand it. That was the big thing that we were just like, we need to accomplish it this, this time. So that's a major, major data point for me, man. I really appreciate you bringing that up. Thank you, man. Great. Thank you, Pablo. Tim, it was a pleasure having you on, man. I know that you are still working on what you're going to do, so I'm not going to put you on the spot, man, but I am the moment that you're ready to announce whatever you're doing next, you got a big cheerleader and you got a you got a place to to talk about it, man, and just really really pumped that this this brought us closer together. So thanks for making time, man. Great. Thank you so much. See you, buddy. And uh coming up next, the guy with the flyest jacket in the UK nerd alerts. <laughs> You're going to have to do that when the spotlight's on you, man. Uh, Hold on. I'm going to spotlight you for everybody as I'm talking about. If you see the finest designer nerd alert jackets possible is my dear friend, Gareth Beverly, who, man, we were buddies in high school. You know, like you were the one British guy. Then we lost contact forever. And you are this like perfect data point in my life of why I do this thing. It's the idea that we reconnected at some point from LinkedIn. And then a year and a half later, you reached back out to me, repeating all the stuff that I've been saying for the last year and a half. And it freaking blew my mind, man. So I'm just super, super pumped that we've officially been able to work together on stuff now. And um, and that you then became a client and you're going to go off and like implement this stuff. And we're going to keep on doing things together. Gareth Beverly, tell us what you took away from the relationship by Bogan. Thank you for that amazing intro, Pablo. And I just want to say there's been been fantastic to connect with you. I've I've loved stalking you as well, as somebody else said, across the internet. Um, So as other people have said, the content lanes bit kind of blew my mind. I don't know. It's such a simple concept, but it's so important. And I think the key around framing it or filtering it via those three questions, you know, is that content lane interesting for the person you want to listen? You know, are you trustworthy in that area? And then is this for the person that wants to listen to it? So I had a wild and wacky idea of what I wanted to talk about. And you helped me narrow that down to something that was much cleaner and really kind of fit with those elements. The next one is um, something that thankfully no one else has said. So it was the the bit about naming the part, the the show, sorry, naming the show. I I really struggle with it. I'm still not 100% of what I want to call mine, but I'm kicking around an idea but four things about it's either about you you know which is great but i'm not tim ferris so i can't do that one you know about the product about your industry which could be quite interesting my my company had an old podcast called unmanned uncovered so all about the unmanned industry or about your client and then that one seems to fit the best with what you want to do right and then when you have that partnered with those content lanes that speak to them it should just all work nicely together Love it, man. I'm glad. I'm glad you're bringing a, a new topic into. I'm glad the content lanes is getting a lot of love, man. Like the the first thing that we thought when we had to elongate the the boot camp was we need to make it longer because talking about the content lanes for 45 minutes is is not going to cut it, right? So like we had people get stuck in the four weeks when they didn't get that thing, right? So really stretching it out and again finding those three questions to filter them through have been huge for us and. Man, the naming the show thing, right? That is the other thing that people really belabor and rightfully so, rightfully so. I love that you found value in that. I really do, after doing this so for so long, I really, really, really believe in the idea that you're, you're going to name a show, name it after 
something that somebody you invite to be a guest on the show is going to consider a compliment and the audience of the show is going to see as a future state that they want to be a part of. And man, that's really opened up a lot of doors for us. I'm glad that's that's one of those like learn through mistakes that that we can really, really help the world with because all of our clients that have decided to veer away from that at some point run into trouble for not doing it, man. So I'm really, really glad that you that you called that out, brother. My pleasure. It's my been my pleasure to to join the flywheel, albeit mostly uh, virtually, because unfortunately that's at two a.m. But thank you very much for recording them all. Made my life so much easier. I really appreciate it. Shout out to the Lego Millennium Falcon in the background from Tim Courtney, who is like the uh, the Lego guy. Yeah, that's right. The biggest Lego thing that there was, at least at some point, it was the biggest thing in the Lego universe, right? It was, yeah. Yeah, yeah, man. Gareth, it just means a lot to me that you joined this thing because you, before joining this thing, you became a stalwart of the community and that that by itself, which is why you got that jacket, right? That by itself really, really meant a lot. And I think that a lot of people have a problem selling the stuff that they do to people that they know because they don't really either, they're either uncomfortable with like the sales piece or they don't really believe in the thing that they're selling to a certain extent. And for me, I've always been uncomfortable with the sales piece, but I very much believe in what I'm saying. And the fact that, you know, I believe in it so much and I don't have to sell it to somebody that I, that is so close to me really means a lot to like come full circle of this idea that, you know, we reconnected because we knew each other. Then you followed my content, then you joined the community and then you became a client. Like that journey by itself to me is the data point that I'm trying to create at scale. And it means all the more with somebody that I have all this like, history with and you know you know you, you know what you mean to me man so i'm just really pumped that this all brought you back into my life that we got to go hike a little talbot island and that you are the mvp of the irl community you've met up with lee you met up with dawn am i missing anybody else that you've made friends with recently not yet i've not <laughs> no, met anyone else yet not yet i love it man you're not ready to announce the show then you're still kicking around your ideas yeah, yeah I'm, not, I'm definitely not not ready to do it before it's ready. <laughs> all right, all right, all right. Then you get a pass. Then you get a pass, my friend. Thank you for showing up. I know it's late for you in the UK, brother, but great to great to have you on board, buddy. And up next is Melissa Henry, who I met at the Badass Business Summit the when I went a year and a half ago, and I remember having a awesome, awesome conversation with Melissa back then, and thinking, man. I need to have a product that can help people like Melissa, right? At that time, I only had uh, my you know, $80,000 a year service, and I knew that I was never going to be able to be available enough to Melissa to be able to do stuff in her business outside of the occasional text conversation. And that was a big data point for me to think of how we can create something for the people that I really, really want to work with that aren't big businesses. So Melissa, you may or may not know this, but you are a data point for me of just like, coming full circle of being able to have a great in-depth conversation to a business that I really, really want to help because I see a ton of value and then creating something that could actually help you to me is a major, major milestone. So when you decided to take the class, I was super pumped. And now I'm like really excited to hear what you took away from it and to have you back in here. Oh, well, first of all, how awesome is that? You created a whole thing for me. (laughs) Just for you for me. Yeah. I love it. Hey, yeah. So I really appreciate that you did this. And actually I remember that conversation we had, you were like totally blowing my mind about possibilities for what I could do, you know, to grow my business. And like, 
you know, who I could reach out to and things like that. So it was really awesome. In fact, I think I still have the rec- the voice recording. <laughs> on That's my right. Phone. I sent you a voice recording from yeah. it. Yeah, I still have that. And I have to go back and listen to it again, but it was like amazing. You know, most everybody sort of said most of what I might say, but I'm going to, I'm just going to say the reason I joined the program in the first place was because I recognized that what was going on here was I, I was having some like issues in my business where I was like, okay, I've got to create content and I've got to create community and I got to figure out how I'm going to lead gen and how am I going to bring people onto my lists, my email list and all of the things. And it was really, it's overwhelming as it is for every entrepreneur. And I've tried so many different ways to do this and, and make it easier on myself. So when you, when you presented this, I was like, oh my God, I see it. I see that I'm creating community, building my list you know, building my authority and trust with people, creating content, building relationships with people I want to, to get connected with all of the things were going to happen in one package. And I was like, bingo, like, this is the thing. Right. So I spent a little time with that because I was like, okay, you know, am I just squirrel chasing like I typically do? Or am I really like, is this really the thing? And that's when I just said, this, this is it. This is how I make things so much easier on myself and really blow this up. So that was, so thank you for that because mind blown, right? I'm going to go back and re-listen to that bit multiple times, right? Because (laughs) everything that you just said, listen, I have, I have a problem selling this thing because I'm like, yeah, because this is lead generation plus list building plus authority plus build community plus create content. Plus, you know, like um, it's hard to, it's hard to really encapsulate that for people. So I, I, I have to like be relegated to be like, yeah, it's a podcast strategy, but you summarize that really, really nicely. Here's why, and this is really funny because remember like, I don't know if it was like two Thursdays ago or whatever. And, you know, I was like tired because I was in when we, <laughs> Thursday at eight, it was seven o'clock, eight o'clock night, whatever yeah. it was. And you said, oh, well, you know, if you're not going to go live every week, then, you know, you can just like record your other podcasts. And I looked at you like, wait, what am I? I'm doing a podcast. Is that what I come into doing? Right. <laughs> so that's why, because I don't see it like that. I don't see it like a podcast. I have, so in my mind, I have this podcast is relegated to this thing. For me, the big draw was the live show. And so while I don't know that I'm ready to commit to four live shows in a month, or maybe might never be able to, I don't know. For me, the live aspect of it is the important thing. It's the thing that drives all the other pieces, frankly. And so I think that like, I don't see it that way. I'm going to create something a little bit different but it's, it's still, it's following the entire structure of everything, but I'm treating that like, as the live show is the thing, the podcast is the icing on the cake part of it. Makes perfect sense to me. You know, when we, the first version of this was live show was the only thing we didn't even come out with a podcast for the first three months. So, you know, like I, I get it. I just have a hard time speaking to people about it. So I'm going to use your clip over and over. That's right. You can do that. And I can yeah. brainstorm with you anytime. <laughs> love it. Love it. Appreciate it. So what were the um, just X's and O's wise, right? Like any, you said your other things people said, I think it's bears repeating, right? Like if it's, if it's something that was valuable for people to like dive back into that, did, did you have kind of stuff written out or? Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I, you know, so obviously the content links that's been mentioned over and over and over again. And I get that. I think the thing for me around that 
was the reframing of it. Cause I, I deal in content lanes a lot with my own clients and helping them. And actually it was kind of a, a dual benefit started me thinking about how I could help my clients even better, you know, figure out what their content lanes are too. So I was like, Oh, that's cool. And it was, it took a while for me to get it. But when I got it, I was like, Oh, I get it. The biggest thing for me around that was, well, what does this person that is your ideal client, what do they need so that they can get to this ultimate transformation? It's not just what I can provide them. It's in gen- like, it's more general than that. And I was like, whoa, I see it. I can totally see it. So for me, it's coaches. And so it's, and my, you know, my vision is that coaches get to become rock star coaches, right? So it's like, what do they need? to be a rock star coach. Like if you look at anybody who you would consider to be a rock star coach, it's not so much they have all of their, you know what, together. I know this is a family show, but um, <laughs> but it's but it's also like, well, what, what do you need to learn to act? Like, what are the ways that you can improve so that you can become that rock star coach? And that was like, oh, I get it. So I've got my content lanes. Well, you're going to have me at, announce that in a minute and I can talk about that. But that's the biggest thing. Know? Okay. Yeah. Anyway. And then I guess also, you know, Descript was mentioned a bunch of times. That's like, that's incredible. I have to learn it better. I'm going back to the videos and, um, you know, cause I wasn't able to, to kind of do as I, we were going, I don't think. And mm-hmm. so there's a few things I need to go back and relearn, but the program's so robust. I started even looking into Coriels on a few things Yeah, and I was like, wow, this is like, incredible what they've thought of. So, um, and I think just being able to customize the way that we want to approach it, honestly, like there's, you have this framework, but we can deviate and still be super successful with it. And I think that's, I think those are my biggest things that I'm adding on, I suppose, to whatever people have said. I love it. I love it. I really appreciate you bringing on your perspective on content lanes, right? Like, I think that that's really at the end of the day, my superpower is that I never think from like, I've always been an outsider my whole life. So I always think of from the person in. And when I see most people thinking about their content, they're like, what do I know? What do I have to offer? What do I care about? And I really do believe that the reframing of not what am I going to talk about, but what do the people I want to serve need to know in order to be interested, trust me, and think that it's for them comes from comes from that angle right so i think if anybody's listening to this the big takeaway is you know if you reframe kind of the content that you're creating around what your ideal client or person that you want to serve really really needs and be cognizant of the fact that what you have to offer is only about 20% of the pie mm-hmm. at best you know you really got to fill that stuff up with other things and that's why to me the the live show and the interview format is so valuable because instead of having to come up with it all yourself, you're able to just go leverage these relationships to put in front of them. So I appreciate you hitting that again. And what I really want to know is what do you have to announce here, Melissa? Okay. So as a result of this whole entire thing, so I've decided that because I want my coaches to be rock stars, my show is going to be the Rockstar Coach Brand Club or RCBC for short which I think most everybody gets it when I say RCBC, right? I'm so excited to like just find the music for the intro and everything. My husband's been helping me like, you know, 
like find the music for it anyway. And so what that's about is I have four content lanes that I think are the most important things that rockstar coaches want to know. So it's building an empire. How do you do that? What are the tactical things? All of that. It's, you know, health, like what's your, like you self-care essentially in order to get there, we got to take care of ourselves. It's going to be, it's those two things. My third lane mindset, Obviously, mm-hmm. we have to be in the right mindset. So there's content around that. And then, of course, the brand. So it's brand strategy and branding, which to me are two different things. So I'm super excited. I don't know. I thought I was going to launch in January. I'm not sure it's going to be in January. We'll see. I have to maybe take a little bit of Laura's Laura's a page out of her book and maybe just do it. But like, I, there's a few things I want to get set up first. Yeah. Penny's like, do it. <laughs> Got it. So give me the, give me the, give me the four content lanes in order. So in the way I said it, I think I said it like this, self-care, mindset, empire building, and brand. There you go. There you go. So if we're talking about it, right, we talked a lot about these three questions. Brand is your expertise. That's the do I know you pillar, right? Mm-hmm. Mindset and empire building is, is this interesting to me, right? Because all entrepreneurs and these coaches that want to do something are just trying to build an empire and are really, really into mindset. And then self-care, am I ready for this? You know, is this the right time in my life to really go big and do the invest in this brand packaging and build an empire? That's mm-hmm. the, is it for me? Right. Like contextualizing mm-hmm. it to it. Love it. Love it. Okay. Love it. Melissa, favorite branding of anybody that came out of it, right? RC, RCBC in ACDC kind of like font. It hit the chat went crazy. So I think you got a winner and I'm super, super pumped to see the show. And I'm yeah. really glad that we got to do this together. Melissa, I really appreciate it. You also took the, um, you know, one of the things that came out of this boot camp was the idea of calling it the club, the society, the lounge. You took that one to heart as well, which I think is really cool. That was something that I learned while teaching as well, because I yeah. was doing an exercise with another group. So another thing that we continue to iterate on. Do you want to just mention that that that, that piece of what you learned from that? Yeah. Well, you started talking about this, like the cool kids club. Yeah. You know, in the, and like the, the idea that, look, if you're going to be in the zoom room, like you get to be part of the community, like specifically be able to ask the questions and things, but also you feel like you're part of something. So that whole bit, I was like, yeah, the cool kids club that sort of stuck in my head. And I think while I was trying to figure out the name and by the way, shout out to both Laura and uh, Carolyn for helping me get there right? Because that's what it came out of a brainstorming session with the two of them. So thank you guys. But I think that was the thing is like, well, I want people to come in and be part of the cool kids club, right? So like, how do I make it feel like that? Well, it's clear it's rockstar coach brand club. Let's, let's be all a part of this club and be the cool kids too. I love it. I love the coolest kids. Um, Yes. Appreciate it, Melissa. Thanks for, thanks for coming on sharing making time. You bet. Awesome. Awesome. And last up here in this uh, unprecedentedly long episode is my buddy who became my conference bestie at FinCon from the West Coast to the East Coast, now living in Miami. What hit me about Gabe Walters is that he had a, you know, one. It's, it was one of those data points of you really learn when you're in front of your ideal client. Because when he was telling me that he has this like formula for a one-page financial plan, I'm like, yeah, okay, that's that's cool. One-page financial plan. Sounds good. And then I was in a room full of financial planners 
And Gabe is like one page financial plan. Everyone's like, oh my God, this is incredible. That's exactly what we need. We need to simplify this thing. So immediately I was like, oh my God, this dude's got something super valuable. I need to get him onto the boot camp because I really, really want to be a part of this success story and be guilty by association with Gabe on top of the fact that we're good buddies and I'm friends with his wife, Laura, who's the coolest. And yeah, man, Gabe, welcome to the show, man. What'd you learn at the boot camp? Man, I, you know, everybody has touched on so many great things. So I feel like, you know, bringing up the rear, I'm not going to go in again on the content lanes because I feel like we've, we've hit that strong, but I feel like I, I did have one point, one point that nobody has got on and that, and I feel like it was a huge takeaway for me and a huge aha moment. And it was when you're onboarding a guest, when you're meeting with them to hit record and to record the onboarding session and then break that down for content to put out. And I just, that was a huge aha moment for me because I feel like I had had so many times when I'd be either interviewing to go on someone's podcast or speaking with somebody and we're going to create content together. And then we have this great conversation, but the conversation we had is just wasted. I mean, you know, because we didn't record it. And we can't use anything. We're like, man, we could be sharing this right now. And so now every since, you know, and I think you went over that actually on either the first or second class. And so since then, anytime I'm talking to someone like, hey, do you guys mind if we record? It's like, you know, not trying to put you on the spot, but I just don't want to miss anything, you know, like, so we have to, you know, not miss a thing. And I just feel like I've been getting so much more great content even, you know, that my show hasn't gone live yet, but just so much stuff because, and, and then also another thing, not ending the recording too soon. It's like, Hey, even if we, we think we're, cause I was on a podcast the other day, we stopped recording. And then we had like another mini podcast after that. And it's just like, you just got to keep that record going the whole time. So if I had like one thing to say, it was a hit record and record until you hang up. And so that would be the, uh, the big one. Dude, Gabe, let, let, also, let me stop you right there. Cause I think that that is an awesome one, right? The idea that in the future, we're going to be in so many of these video chats, even in re- in IRL, right? Like I think in the future, content's going to be being made all the time. So the idea of capturing this stuff to then share is at the core thesis of the software that I want to bring into this world, right? Of like a, a software that allows you to take a call with someone and then easily share the bit that is valuable to the rest of your network is kind of the problem that I'm that, that I'm working on as a software, but it doesn't work unless you have a process behind it to repurpose the content, right? So I think that the idea of recording onboarding calls and recording other random calls, because you can use them, only makes, you know, number one, makes sense to stack that library for later on in your life. But it really starts to make sense if you learn to script and you learn how to repurpose and you have a easy process to then take that stuff and use it, man. So I just thank you for sharing that because I do find that really, really valuable. This idea that you can create value for people at all times, as long as you're recording and then you know how to share it. Yeah. I mean, it seems like, I mean, I think an extreme example would be like Gary V, but he talks about like having a a cameraman follow him all the time. And then if you, of course, everybody who watches his content sees that he's constantly breaking it down, but it's just like, Hey, here's a time where if you're on camera, it should be being, and you're talking, to someone it, who you will want to share something with and it's not private, it should be recorded at all times. Yeah. So, yeah. Yeah, yeah, and- totally, man. I Listen, all of this is birthed from the idea that I desperately want to be Gary Vee, right? So to me, you know, teaching people how to record these Zoom calls and make this whole flywheel happen is the, when you can't afford a full-time e-entertainment television crew following you around and the editors and everything else, then you can do this, right? Right, right. Yeah. 
And then this is a very basic thing. And of course, every business owner should know this, but it's like, it just kind of reinforced this thing that made me think about it. It's like, you know, and I think this was also from one of the early ones too. It's like, who are the top 10 people that you want to basically do business with and what do they need? But I think, of course, while that might seem basic, sometimes, especially, you know, as an entrepreneur, when you're thinking about paying Monday's bills, you can forget about who are the top 10 people who you need to serve. And you're like, hey, this is something that's happening right now. I can get in on this, make a few sales and pay these bills. Whereas, you know, thinking about top 10 people is constantly playing the long game, which you should be doing as well. But that was a great reminder. And at one point, you know, even when you're talking about like top 10 stages you want to be on, I had to really think about that. And I mean, I've been thinking about that in depth as even this morning, I'm like, what are the top 10 stages, you know, that I would, you know, if it could just be any of them. So uh, that was also a really great takeaway from the boot camp as well. And then lastly, bringing it on home, I think somebody else said about the Pablo book recommendations. I just wanted to say, yes, I have two of my faves right here. And so just hitting in on the book recommendations. And so, yeah, that was some of my top takeaways from the boot camp. I've really had a great time and uh, lots of learning. Love it, dude. Love it, man. Those are super valuable, man. Yeah. The thinking of people as stages, I think is not super natural to folks and just stages in general, right? Like the leverage that comes from a stage is huge. So if you're going to put all your effort into, you know, 10 things, you might as well make it to put it into, you know, these watering holes kind of places where if you make a great impression there, you can, go to like a hundred of your ideal people that you want to connect with, man. Thanks for sharing that. And quite frankly, man, if I didn't take that strategy myself, I wouldn't have met you, right? Because I very early on was going to a ton of conferences and I was like, what are these places that I can go to that are stages that I want to be on? And that led me to content creation conferences, right? Because I automatically assumed that, you know, if I'm going to a conference and I'm making a hundred friends, if I go to a content creators conference and I make a hundred friends and 15 of them put me on whatever their content stream is. Now I just 10 X to hundred X, 500 X the amount of people that I met. Right. So like, right. if you want to bring it full circle, if I didn't have that approach, you and me wouldn't be buddies. So I'm super pumped. And that that would have been, been tragic, tragic, the worst. I would not have bought my own way to make a one page financial plan and uh, make my wife real happy about how confident we're about to be with my finances. And I wouldn't That's have right. you in my life, bro. So I really, and I wouldn't be that, building man. community. Yeah. So there, there we go. go. There you go. Do you have a show that you're ready to announce or, or are you are you sitting on it for a little while? I'm still working on the name, but I'm the kind of like the working name we have is Steady Worth's Road to Wealth. And mm. um just but I'm still I feel like when you go live with the show and a name, you have to make sure somebody else hasn't trademarked your name and some of those wordings. I mean, Steady Worth is is a trademark that I own, but the road to wealth might be arguable. So still kind of like doing some betting on that. And we're just going to be looking at basically serving people who are looking, who are DIY finance people, who are do-it-yourself finance people, who are on the road to creating their first or to accumulating their first $1 million. And looking to partner with people who are going to bring on the show is like, so when it's like estate planning attorneys, tax people, insurance people, all of the advice and all of the conversations are going to be around what people who are looking to accumulate this $1 million should be doing. Because I feel like I've seen that in a, I kind of feel like some of the finance shows I follow, they'll be giving an array of advice. And some of the stuff is that if one person's playing one game in the finance, another person's playing another game, and you follow one of these things, 
it can lead you down a road you don't want to go down just because it's too advanced for you. So I want to make sure that every, you know, so basically everybody who's following understand that, hey, this is for everybody who's looking to get here. And all of the stuff we're going to be discussing are for people who are looking to get to that place. So we're kind of all on the same journey together. Love it, dude. Love it. Love it, man. Gabe, I, uh, man, I appreciate how quickly we've become such good friends. I appreciate kind of like how you've shown up from the, from the moment that we connected at FinCon, man. And I'm super pumped that you, uh, trusted me with six weeks of your life and fought through it while going through all this other stuff, man. So just really, really genuine, genuine gratefulness for all of it. And thanks for coming on the show, bro. Yeah, man. Thanks for having me. We talk about how this methodology is so flexible in Thursday sessions, right? Of like the lightning strikes, two things that I want to point out. One, this was one version of one of the things that we taught the conference follow-up technique, right? I think we're going to add another layer to the next class in that if you teach a cohort class, you should always bring in the people that you taught to share the thing that they're about to go launch and learn. And this is a really tight little way to add value to those of you that want to collect testimonials, right? So I know that you are all completely aware of the fact that you're giving me great content and flattering me. And these are all great testimonials, but we did it in a way that is adding value to you, right? Coming on, announcing your show, showcasing kind of the stuff that you learned. So, you know, really, really appreciate that. But this is another one of those things that you can use a live show for is how you collect people that you've helped in order to kind of like bring it back in to reconnect with everybody that they went through an experience with and talk about whatever they learned from you as a testimonial. And two, we talked about the keynote as a webinar strategy, right? Because the class didn't didn't record. Now what I'm going to do is host a special edition webinar, right? Special edition keynote show of the B2B Community Builder Show. And I'm going to go through the nine lightning strike strategies for using a live show as a business development tool. And I'm just going to develop, and I'm going to throw that one out there as a standalone. It can become a lead magnet. It can become a keynote for me later on for any kind of podcasting conference or any kind of content creation conference. And on top of that, you know, it serves as a nice like, little teaser of what is in this class and why you should have an online show for me, right? So I'm going to do that in the next couple of weeks, just have a standalone keynote delivery of those nine points that I created from it. And then that'll become the the module for the class that you can revisit again so we can give it to you all. But thank you for waiting on that one for me. And sorry that I don't know how, but I stopped the recording like an idiot, which I am, you know, there's things I can do. But, uh, but yeah, Thank you. Thank you. Thank you so much all for being here. I really, really appreciate it. I am incredibly, incredibly grateful for each and every one of you, you know, trusting me with six weeks of your time and your hard earned money just doesn't, you know, it's not something I take lightly. So really, really thank you for going through this. Boom. That was another great experience of a new format of this show. If you want to hear that thing that we talked about there at the end, the the last module that I forgot to record, I am releasing it in two weeks. If you're listening to this podcast on the day it comes out, then I'm doing the live version of it right now. But uh, if not, you're going to hear it here in two weeks. And it's um, a super innovative way of... Um, having this formulation, having a podcast or a live show lead to revenue. I guarantee you that out of the nine ways that I taught, maybe about, you've heard about two of them. If, uh, if there's one that you haven't heard, if, if, if you've heard of all of them, I'll be shocked. <laughs> so I hope you check that out. I think uh, what's most obvious to me from this 
uh, experience is that a lot goes into this teaching the internet talk show and and you heard from everybody right they're learning storytelling they're learning how to write better captions they're learning how to use the script something that's super super valuable and the more i listen to this episode the more i'm like man i need to be charging like 5x this uh but for now i'm not right for now it's going to be um somewhere between 1500 and 2000 bucks but if you if you want to get in now ahead of time you can get it for just 997 and uh, reach out to me um, before the price goes up on our website. You can find me in the show notes. But more than anything, what I really want is for you to join us for one of these live internet talk shows. Come to the next one. It's going to be awesome. You're going to enjoy it. See for yourself. I want to meet you if you're listening to this show. Uh, just make a little time for yourself on a Monday. Or just sign up for it. Put it on your calendar and see what Monday you can go to. Go to tinyurl.com slash B2BCB season 5 and you'll be able to register for the next one coming up. In the meantime, you know I'm going to thank my team. Number one is Rowan, who's my account manager, and I just can't live without. She makes sure that everything that I need to be do be doing is is being done and coordinating everything. I just really, really appreciate all the hard work she puts in. JP, who is employee number one, he is our creative director. He's the guy that picks the music, picks the clips, does all the cool stuff to make sure that I and our clients show up online. Gina, who is our chief heart officer, she built our culture, she built our team. Eternally grateful for her presence in this company. She is she is the beating heart of it. And uh, Marge is her heart. So got to thank Marge, who we would not be able to count on Gina if it weren't for Marge. And then our other two account managers, Joanna and Joyce, who take care of our other clients. Um, some of the brightest, best uh, people that I know. We got Nicola, our writer, who has been with us for a long time, and uh, he's just grown so much. All the stuff that you that you see being written is being done by him, and it's incredible that he's a 17-year-old Bulgarian young man, and I've seen him grow so much. And uh, Rita, who's our content strategist, and uh, an amazing, amazing new addition to our team this year. And she is driving the strategy for our clients and being my sounding board for all things creative. And finally, Philippe, our newest graphic designer and editor who has really, really impressed us from the moment that he's gotten us. I just really, really want to thank our team. Again, could not have done 200 episodes and everything else that we've done without them. And for you, I just want you to always remember that relationships will always beat transactions. See you on the next one.